Welcome to Coffee with Kim. I'm Kim Kalp, and every week you and I sit down with fascinating, smart, and talented leaders, CEOs, and founders so that we can copy their homework. If someone knows how to do something really well, I want to know what it is and exactly how they're doing it. Get ready for aha moments, gems of wisdom, and little known tips and tricks that we can steal and use in our own lives. If you want to join these conversations and ask these experts your own questions, no point in just me having all the fun. Join us on Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern live over on LinkedIn. Hi, friend. Happy Wednesday. Sending a big cheers to you from Austin, Texas. It's good to see you, especially on this very last gathering we have together in 2023. I know it's hard to believe, but the holidays are upon us. The end of the year is upon us. We are in December and holy moly, 2024 is just around the corner. I'm so thrilled to see Kelly and Giacomo and Peter. Oh, I haven't seen you in so long. So good to see you here. If you are new here, the chat is really the place to be. You are going to get hopefully a lot of great tips and tactics and useful information here during our discussion. But rest assured, there are also a lot of tips and tactics and good suggestions that go on in the chat. If you are listening to this in podcast form, not to worry, we will include all links for you. Or if you're watching this on replay, don't worry, we're going to summarize everything for you as well. It will be in the chat or in the notes from today's show. I'm When I was thinking about the end of the year, you heard me say time and time again that I just, I don't like New Year's resolutions. They're not my favorite thing. Instead, I really like to get into a mindset. I also think that you can get into that mindset. It doesn't have to be January 1. You can get into that mindset tomorrow. You can get into that mindset next week. You can get into that mindset in two weeks. You don't have to wait for permission for some special magical day to hit for you to get into a great mindset. And so when I was thinking about getting into a good mindset, when I was thinking about reframing and how we can reframe some of our stuff, not just me, but you know, Matthew and Ari and Truman and Mohammed and everybody that comes here every single week, I look no further than my good friend, Antonio. And if you do not know about Antonio, hopefully you did a little bit of Google stalking for this. If not, don't worry, we will drop his information in the links to the side of here. But I think you are going to derive a lot of amazing tidbits out of him because I know that I always, always do. So please, wherever you are in the world, raise your coffee mug or wine glass and help me welcome Antonio to our coffee chat. I'm raising a coffee cup. I'm raising a seltzer. And can we just... Can we just acknowledge that amazing orange vase you have over your shoulder? That thing is gorgeous. Thank you. Jeff, who I don't think he's joining us today, but he joins us nearly every week. He sent it to me for my birthday this year, and it's perfect University of Florida Go Gator Orange. So I'm pretty stoked about it. Hey, it's really good to see you. It's been a while since the last time we connected. There's a construction taking place outside. I promise you I'm not going to try to land a plane with this headset, but uh, it's going to be nice and the audio quality is going to be nice and clear. Well, I was hoping you would help us take off the plane for 2024. You're going to take us off in a new direction. 
yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm fired up. And I, the more I talk to people with my clients and I'm speaking all across the country, there is, Kim, a sense of optimism that I feel like people haven't felt in a long time. And I know when you read the press right now and you're hearing about cuts across different industries, and we know obviously so many you know, tragic things are happening in the world right now. However, there still is this undercurrent of optimism and undercurrent of hope as we approach this new year. And, and I feel that and I'm excited about it. I am excited too. And I have to say, you know, I always follow along to all of the posts that you write both on LinkedIn and Instagram. And one of the things that I have seen you talk about recently that honestly, I was just discussing it with my husband the other night, this concept of, are you bored or are you burned out? And I just like want to dive into this because my husband and I disagreed on this a little bit. So I'm curious, how did this start forming for you? When did you start seeing this? Was it in your clients? Was it in everyday life? How did you come up with this? Well, one, this is a juicy topic. And let's be clear, we are not going to agree. When you go to the <laughs> comments, there is going to be friction on this topic. And for me, that's good. That's because we have different points of view on this. Uh, let's be clear, mental health challenges, burnout, it is 100% a real thing. These past few years, people have gone through some tumultuous, extremely trying times where we've seen isolation increase. We know about the loneliness epidemic. We know about substance abuse issues. All those things have increased. So by no means am I belittling mental health challenges. If you need help, you need support, find someone. And you know, there's a big and coming up. And for the past 10 years, I've been traveling all across the globe, working with top organizations, coaching amazing individuals. I write books like Stop Living on Autopilot. And there has been a consistent refrain when people come up to me and they'll talk about being burned out and being worn out and all these different things that you read about in the press. But then the coach that I am, what do I do? I start asking questions of people, really, really good coaching type questions. And as you ask questions, Kim, as you dig a little bit deeper, you find out that there are a lot of people right now, Kim, who are living, who are existing in chapters of their lives that have ended a long time ago. Right now, there is someone in a job who claims they are burned out, but it's possible that that job, they have outgrown that job. There are people who are complaining about the city, the environment they live in. It is possible that they have outgrown that city. Uh, let's get real for a quick second. There are people who are in relationships, having friction, having challenges. Has that relationship possibly run its course? So when I dig in, when I ask questions, I find that a lot of people are in previous chapters that have already ended. But unfortunately, a lot of people have been unwilling, Kim, to turn the page and to make a decision. Let's go here. When I hear people say things like, oh, I'm in a funk. Oh, I'm stuck. Or we all know that person who's been figuring things out for a really long time. In my experience, if you have been in a funk, if you feel stuck, if you've been figuring things out for a long time, that means one thing most people do not want to hear. That means, congratulations, you have a decision to make. You have a decision to make that you possibly have been avoiding. So yeah, is that a, a controversial topic to say, are you burned out or are you bored? Some people are burned out, but a lot of people are bored in Groundhog Day mode. 
Well, I think they're bored. And at least I think to your point about this big question is, I think sometimes we all think that it has to be like this big monumental leap of progress. It's one of the reasons why I hate New Year's resolutions because it just, it feels so big. It feels so lofty that I think sometimes it's easier to just kind of sit back than to lean forward into the discomfort of, I'm going to take one, you know, small, uncomfortable step each day instead of feeling like, well, the mountain's too high, so I just can't even start climbing. And I know that that's something that you probably see a lot of is like, how do you, how do you look at goals and how do you look at progress in a way that feels attainable and not overwhelming? Yeah, well, let's talk specifically about New Year's resolutions. And my goal for people in the new year, and this is going to sound probably, uh, it goes against the grain some, and that is to do less than you're capable of. Do less than you're capable of because we know all those people, it's the new year. And what do we say? I'm going to work out every single day. No, you're not. You're not going to work out every single day. I appreciate your optimism. But what if you said, instead of I'm going to work out every single day, I'm going to work out three times a week. Or instead of saying, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to write my book. I'm going to get it done. Instead of having that, that lag measure, that end goal of the book, what if you just became a kind of person that wrote for 10 minutes every single day, less than you're capable of? Uh, to your point, I'm with you. When it comes to being bored, when it comes to there are decisions that need to be made, I'm not the person, I'm not the coach that's screaming at people to do crazy things and to quit their job and to file immediately for divorce or move to Bali and get certified in yoga. I'm not screaming for people to do those things, but I do ask you, what is the one thing that you can do? If right now that job that you've been in, you're not enjoying it. Are there some lateral potential moves that you can make at an organization? Are there some people that you can talk to in your network, people you can connect with right now here in the comments on the show where you can learn about them? Maybe when they found themselves stuck or they were figuring things out and how they went about sparking change or making some new decisions. And I think another thing we should say specifically as it relates to the workforce and as it replace, re relates to jobs is that we have all this pressure, Kim, for us to, be, to find our dream job. We, I don't know about y'all, but I don't dream about labor. I, <laughs> I, I, I don't dream about labor. I dream about other things, right? So I think a reframe we can put on jobs, and I get it, we spend a lot of our time there, is a dream job can be a job that you love or one that allows you to do what you love. In the evenings, in the weekends, those vacations, those trips, those hobbies, those things that you get to spend your time doing. So I just think as folks get ready to approach a brand new year and maybe do less than you're capable of. And to your point earlier, instead of taking that big drastic leap, what leap, what is the first step? Just the first step that I can take today. Well, and I love this idea of doing less than you're capable of. I honestly, I always tell this people, so I really enjoy cooking. It's like one of the things that I actually like doing, but I always sort of preface it by telling people like, oh, this might not be very good or whatever. And then if it is good, <laughs> everybody's like really impressed because I prefaced it with like, this might be terrible. And so I also think that it's okay to do that to yourself, you know, saying whether let, let's call it journaling, you know, somebody might have the goal of like, I'm going to you know, I'm going to journal every day or I'm going to meditate every day. 
And to your point, instead of just saying, well, I'm going to journal three times a week, or I'm going to meditate three times a week, just something like less than you're capable of. I also think it's, it's helpful, at least for me to also say, I might only do this three times a week. And one of the sessions might be really bad. Like I might be super distracted. I only get two sentences down in the page, even though I'm sitting here for 15 minutes. Like, I think sometimes just allowing yourself to be really crappy at something is sometimes the hardest permission slip because we're so hard on ourselves. Do you see that a lot with the clients you work with that they're really hard on themselves? Isn't it so funny that just because we have this cookbook that Julia Child made that all of a sudden we think we can make a beef version on however you pronounce that word as good as she can on our very first time just because we have the instructions. I mean, I could you can give me a whole bunch of metal. I don't know if I'm going to be able to bend it into steel right with with the with the torch or something. But yeah, we have these outlandish expectations when we try something new. And to your point, yeah, let, let's take the pressure off of ourselves. One thing that I do with all of my clients and a lot of folks come in and they feel like they have to make that big decision immediately is what I like to do is pause a little bit. And I like to, to breathe. And what we do in our work, Kim, is we treat it like an experiment. We treat it like a laboratory. And think about that. Think about from a scientific perspective. If you treat something as an experiment, if you treat life as a laboratory, of course, you're going to expect those failures, you're going to affect, uh, expect things not to work out perfectly. But what's amazing is that you can revisit that and you can ask yourself, what did you learn from these things? And that's why I think it's so critical. And I think another reason why people are stuck figuring things out or in a funk is because there is so much isolation right now, especially with so many people still working from home. We exist in these silos where we do not interact with people enough. So, so two recommendations I have is to not go about this on your own. That's why I think coaches are such amazing assets. And I tell people all the time that sometimes you have to write a check. Sometimes you have to write a check to make progress in your life when it comes to maybe getting in physical shape. You work with that trainer. Maybe you need to write a check to hire that nutritionist. Maybe you need to hire that career coach. Maybe you need to hire that person that comes over once a week to give you a private guitar lesson, because I think we're trying to do so many things alone. And I love YouTube. I love online courses, but there it can't replace that real human interaction. So I encourage people not to do it on their own, but also we got to find our community. And that's why I love your show so much is because all you have to do is look in your comments and you see that this is a community that are banded together for, you know, a consistent theme of, of growing, of getting better, of learning, you know, through these, these coffee talks. So you got to find your community, find your allies, those people who are not only going to encourage you, they're going to inspire you, but they do something else unique. They're also going to challenge you. And they're also going to hold you accountable to be the best version of yourself. I'm on a diatribe right now. I'm going to land the plane in a second, Kim, I promise. <laughs> right now, I want everyone watching this. I want everyone watching this right now to think about the five people you spend the most time with in person or in your exchanges on your phone, the five people you engage with the most and ask yourself this simple but challenging question. Do they make you better? 
do they make you better or do they keep you standing still where you are in the status quo 2024 is the year to shift gears i'm still going kim i apologize the plane plane is going to land in a second 2024 is the year to shift gears imagine just imagine even if you don't like sports cars imagine owning a ferrari a vehicle that can go over 200 miles per hour. Now imagine driving that Ferrari at only 25 miles per hour. That is not what it's built for. And the decisions that Kim and I talked about earlier, the decisions that you need to make, you know you've been wanting to make, that is the equivalent of shifting gears. My challenge to all of us, and I'm included in this, by the way, because I know very well what it's like to figure things out. My challenge to all of us is to be willing to shift gears more. The plane has landed. Well, I think I love, I could nerd out on like two separate things, but one of them that I also think to build on your point of really looking at the five people you spend time with, whether that's virtually or in person, I think one thing I would build on that and say is to your point, make sure that those five people also are into experiments because what can happen is we're very into experiments. Like, okay, I'm willing to try to journal for 10 minutes. I'm willing to, you know, fail by saying that I'm going to be able to do a push up at the end of the month or, you know, whatever that kind of carrot is that you're waving in front of your face. But if the people around you are stuck and they're also not, you know, scientists or experimenters, or they're not open to change, they're, they're going to be a negative influence on you. So to use like a very practical example, yes, if part of your, your kind of experimentation is, Hey, you know what? I am going to try to cut out desserts. You know, I am going to try to cut out the brownies and the cakes and the cupcakes and the cookies. If let's say three out of the five people that you spend time with, they might really enjoy those cookies and cakes and cupcakes. And not only are they not encouraging you to, you know, abstain, but they might, that makes them feel bad about themselves because you're trying to better yourself and they almost want to drag you down. Like, Oh, just eat the cookie. Oh, it's only one because it makes them feel better that if they're going to eat the cookie, they're kind of going to drag you. Well, you have to eat the cookie too. And so I think when we, when, what, what mistakes I see a lot of times is people will say, and these could be friends or colleagues or clients, they'll say, Kim, well, I made the change. And I always say, yeah, but who's around you? And are they supporting the change? Because if they're not, you can't, it's very hard to make those experimental changes by yourself. It's just really really hard. So whether it is kind of to your point, whipping out that credit card and saying, you know what? No, I am going to pay for a nutritionist, or I am going to pay for a coach, or I am going to pay for a trainer, or, you know, really, if you can't find those people around you for free, so to speak, then yeah, you got to put somebody on the payroll who is going to be that person for you because trying to do it by yourself, I I think is close to impossible. Just that's just me. Listen, I agree with you 100%. And Jen Whitmer said in the comments something really cool. Doing things alone often makes them so much more harder. I agree. Get this, no one, and I mean no one who has accomplished anything of significance did it alone, and neither should you. That's why I'm always so leery when I read, and I get it. I I was a journalist for a long time, so I get headlines. But when I see something like self-made, self-made well first your mama and daddy made you first of all right you didn't you didn't procreate on your own but when i see self-made i'm like come on that, that that's that's not possible i get it 
you bring up an interesting point as well, Kim, and that's this. Sometimes the people you build with, your crew, they're not always going to be your best friends. So the people, that group you connect with every single week, that group you meet at the gym, the people you meet at that healthy cooking class, these may not be people you talk to on the phone or text with, but when you come together to age myself, when you form Voltron, uh, these are the people that come together for a better purpose to serve, to get better, to shift gears, to get better than we were yesterday. Real quick example here in Los Angeles, where I live, where it's so cold, it's going to be like only 70 something degrees today. Oh my God. Um, every single week on Thursday, I meet with a group of men. It's called Man Morning. We are, and I have a newsletter, very popular newsletter by the name, same name of Man Morning. We get together every single week for a walk and talk at 7 a.m. And we come together and we talk about life. We talk about business. We talk about relationships. We talk about parenting, all these things that we have in common. And are we the closest friends, all of us outside of that? No, but we come together. There is a purpose. And in that hour, one, we're not isolated. We're together. But you'll hear about somebody experiencing something or going through something. And you thought you were the only person going through it. And you realize you're not the only one going through something. And we coach each other in this group. To your point, Kim, as well, you have to ask yourself, in, in this day and age, you know what it's easy to do? All you got to do is look at social media. It's easy to call someone out. I'm going to call them out. But guess what? When you spend time with the right people that Kim and I are talking about, they don't call you out. Watch this. They call you up. They call you up to be the best version of yourself. And there's going to be friction involved because you're going to be getting stretched. Let's not forget that. Like when you want to build muscles, you have to lift heavy weights. And what does that heavy weight do? It actually breaks down the muscle fibers and they have to regrow. To, I mean, they have to regrow to get bigger. So, you know, find your squad, find your people. And believe me, they exist. Last thing. If you're like, I hear you, Antonio, but you and Kim live in these cities like Austin and you live in Los Angeles. We don't have people like that where I live. Find places where people go to grow. Find places in your community where people go to get better. And I guarantee you, these folks may not be your best friends, but they're there to serve a really positive purpose. Well, and I, I love this idea of really finding finding your tribe wherever that is, wherever that finds you, whether it's virtually here every Wednesday or more preferably also in person, because I agree with you. There's, there's something about being in person that the magic is still there. I love this question from Matthew, where he's wondering how you think about or what you call the transition between sort of self-made and, and really kind of going after it on your own versus realizing, okay, I'm not going to get there. I need a team. Like, is that, is that something that you find all the time? Are there some goals that you can do by yourself versus some that you do need a team? Yeah, I think it depends, right? It depends on if you're looking at this from a work perspective or from a, a personal perspective. So from a personal perspective, I know there are certain things I'm just not going to be able to do well without support. So for example, I make the investment to pay someone to help me work out a few times a week. Like the workout that I get in 45 minutes with someone versus two hours by myself are two totally different workouts. Um, when it comes to, to writing. So long before I wrote, I had self stop living on autopilot published with a major publishing house with a big book deal. 
I self-published three books before that over the course of 10 years that ended up leading to that book deal. People are like, oh, must be nice. And like, nah, son, I, there was, I invested money. My point with that, with those three self-published books is that I hired an editor to help me with those. I could have just published it on my own, but I knew I wanted to be good. I wanted to be better. So I hired an editor. Um, I'm a business owner. Like there, there is no cubicle that's waiting for me. There's no office that's waiting for me every single day. I, I get on planes to go to work. I have group coaching uh, sessions I lead, individual coaching sessions that I lead. So I work with a VA, a virtual assistant, because I, I want to exist in my zone of genius that Gay Hendricks talks about in his book, uh, The Big Leap, as much as possible. And my zone of genius is speaking, it's writing, and it's coaching. And if I find myself spending time doing other things, a lot of admin things that aren't the best use of my time, it takes away from that. So I hired a VA to support me, to open up space in my brain. So the cool thing is that with all these folks that are available across this globe, it may sound super expensive to hire these people. If you can't work with a trainer in person because it's cost prohibitive, there probably is someone online across this country that you can work with. VAs are available not just domestically, but internationally that can support you. Sometimes for as little as five hours a week. You don't need to hire somebody for 40 hours a week. Um, you know, I, we can dig into the zone of genius, zone of excellence, zone of competence, and zone of incompetence if you want. But my hope for everyone here is they're able to spend as much time as possible in their zone of genius and not doing those things that they're just competent at or even worse, incompetent at. Now, I hope that it answered his question some. Absolutely. And I think also when you're trying to find your zone of genius, I think that's something that a lot of us struggle with is like, where, you know, where am I the best or, or where, where do I grow the most? Again, I think that comes back to kind of your central point of experimenting you have to be willing to experiment. You have to be a scientist that has like several hypotheses, knowing that they might fail. Like, I'm going to try this. Maybe I'm awesome. Maybe it sucks. But, you know, we're going to give it a go instead of automatically picking things that you know you're going to be good at, you know, kind of playing small or, or keeping it safe. And one of the things that I have really been inspired by that you have started doing, and for anybody that doesn't follow Antonio, I encourage you to specifically on Instagram, because I think you talk about your more day-to-day -day life more, is you have been experimenting with things that I would see as conventional and sort of turning them on their head. So one of the examples that I took away and I actually showed this again to my husband the other day is when we tr traditionally think of like a date night, we think of exactly that, a date night, you know, oh, we're going to dinner and a movie or we're going to dinner and, you know, to walk around downtown or something like that. And you have started experimenting with doing day dates. So you and your wife will go to lunch or you and your wife will go for a hike uh, in the afternoon. And that to me was like, because it really spoke to me in that you have found what works for you during your day, what works for you, not what works up for everybody or like the conventional uh, system, but really what works well 
for you. And so I'm curious what sparked you to not only do these experiments in your work life, because obviously you're already doing those, but really taking that same blueprint into your personal life. And, and I just thought that that, that thread was so fascinating. Yeah. Well, I just find as a guy that is, can be very rigid and I'm a rule follower <laughs> to, to a fault. Yes, I get to the airport probably way earlier than I should. My <laughs> wife and kids are like, come on, dad, for real. Um, I have found for me personally to exhale, Kim, to have more fun. If I treat life like a laboratory, if I treat things like an experiment, I enjoy myself more. I mean, and I think it's, it's awesome when you have a great partner in your life as well, because my wife and I'll give you an example. We could be on a on a road trip and I plan the road trip down. I still get the map out and use the highlighters, even though we have our phones. And if we're driving to, from destination A to destination B, and then my wife, who's very different from me, will say, oh, wow, that looks like a cute little country mart over there. Let, let's pull off. Let's go take a look. My brain is like, oh, that's not on the agenda. What do you mean pull off? I'm going to have an aneurysm right now. But thank goodness. I will pull off and we'll do it in most times, nine times out of 10. I'm thankful that we, we did that to your point. Yes. So my wife and I have young, we have seven year old twins and they're amazing. And as you can imagine, we have a full schedule with this, these, this little boy and this little girl. And we just found that the last thing that we want to do in the evening at the end of the day is go sit in a restaurant. Or even though we live in LA with a lot of entertainment, different things that we can do, we're typically spent and we both enjoy getting up uh, early in the morning. By the way, a side note for all those people who want to add more time to your day. The only way I've found to add more time to my day is by waking up earlier, right? I have to get my workout in before my kids wake up. And that means I go to bed early too. So I'm in bed like it by nine o'clock, typically 930 the latest. So on my podcast, the Antonio Nev show, I had an amazing guest on, Simon Alexander Ong. He's the author of the book Energize, who, by the way, would be an amazing guest on here for the new year. Amazing presence here on LinkedIn. Um, and we talked about how energy management. And he noticed how with one of his clients he was working with that the team at this company, they were not he was not getting the most out of this team because they everyone had their all hands on deck meeting on Monday mornings. But he said, typically on Monday mornings, people, they weren't ready and jazzed to get going. He moved that from Monday to like a Wednesday afternoon and found a lot better, higher level of engagement based on the time of day when they did that. So back to my wife and I, knowing that we don't get the most, the best out of ourselves in the evenings after a long day, a friend of ours suggested, you know, date days. And we both have flexible schedules, again, where we don't have traditional nine to fives. A lot of people don't have that nowadays. And so, yeah, now my wife and I get out, you know, for an afternoon walk and talk, a lunch, a planning meeting. And we both have energy during that time. It's not the evening. And I made this way too long, but it has changed so much. Not that we're against getting out in the evening, but forget date night. It's all about date morning and date afternoons. Well, I, and I love this, you know, I love this quote, life is a lab, you know, we're all just kids learning while we play. And so you have to keep that 
play and curiosity in mind because also I will say, you know, what works for Kim might not work for you. What works for Antonio might not work for you. What works for Shelby might not work for you. So you really have to be willing to say, you know, you can read all the books, listen to all the podcasts, subscribe to all the newsletters, but at the end of the day, you're the one that has to figure out what works best for you because you can't just say, well, I'm going to cut, copy and paste. I'm going to do everything that Adam Grant does, or I'm going to do everything that Peter Atia tells me, or I'm going to do everything that, uh, you know, James Clear tells me to do about habits. If that doesn't work for you, there, there's no right or wrong way to do anything. You, you have to experiment. You have to be willing to find what is going to work for you and what is going to work the best. And I think that is the part that everyone has a lot of fear around. And I'm curious for you, Antonio, what is something in 2024 that you're, I don't know, that you're going to experiment with, or you're going to like attempt to either succeed or fail at? Uh, this is a, a really big one. It, it's a daunting one. And I don't know if it's going to work with my schedule. I've always been against the whole four day work week thing. Uh, you know, I actually enjoy and I, and I love the work that, that I do. And I feel really blessed that I've been able to, to, to build this type of career. Uh, one thing I'm experimenting with, Kim, is a four-day work week, meaning I am not going to work on Fridays when my schedule allows. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm still going to put it in during those four days during the week. If I have a speaking engagement on a Friday or a weekend, I'm going to do it. Um, but let me think. Um, I, I, I'll just, I lost my dad earlier this year and mm -hmm. I didn't plan on talking about this, but I think one of the reasons why I want to do the four day work week isn't so, you know, I can watch the rest of the, that, that Robbie Williams Netflix special that I'm really enjoying right now, but it's so I can spend more time with my kids. Like yesterday I volunteered in my kids class and I'm getting mm -hmm. emotional thinking about this, but I, I, the fact that I get to do that, I know it sounds silly, like volunteering in, in, in your kids class, especially as they, get older and all that it was just meant so much to me and I want to do that as much as as I can and I feel fortunate that I, I've been able to build a life that I can do that and so a big part of that taking the day off is to be more present for the family I know that won't be avail always available 100% of the time but when I can uh, just leaning more into the kids and so uh, you almost got a tear to come down my eye, but I, I'm squeezing my cheeks so hard right now trying, trying mm. to <laughs> Hugging you, number one. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear about yeah. your father, but what a beautiful memory and way to mm. kind of honor him and, yeah. and really bring his spirit forward. And I yeah. saw a graph the other day that I was just like, wow. I mean, I knew this, but I guess I hadn't really seen it uh, illustrated this way. And it, the, the, the slogan was, if you will, you know, your kids will never need you more than they need you today. Yeah. And I was kind of like, yeah, I've heard that slogan before, whatever, but it actually had this graph. And when I saw it visually, I guess it like hit me a lot more and I don't have kids yet. We're, we're trying to do that right now. Um, but what I thought was so interesting is, you know, when somebody is a baby, Obviously, they need you all the time because you're feeding them and helping them sleep and whatever. But with every day and then month and then year that goes by, obviously, they need you less and less and less and less and less. And the goal is obviously when they are an adult, uh, they can function, feed themselves, wipe their butt, pay their bills. And, you know, then they don't need you at all anymore. And, and while that's the goal of parenthood, um, it, it actually it actually when you looked at it visually, you were like, yeah. 
you know, I got to create space somewhere because there is going to be a point that, yeah, they don't need you anymore. You don't go to go in and volunteer at lunchtime or you don't go in for the, you know, PTA meetings because they're just not there anymore or they don't need you. And and that visual uh, really struck me, I guess, in a way that I hadn't seen illustrated that way before. It's it's so real, uh, you know, and, you, and on so many different levels. It's fascinating because I work with so many high-performing professionals. These are men and women who spend a lot of time away from home. And what's fascinating, Kim, is you hear this consistent frame because there's typically friction in the household for these high performers. You know, the question they probably don't like to hear the most is, when will you be home? Like, that's a trigger for a lot of performing, high-performing professionals from their spouse. When will you be home? Uh, and then they, we, we, we commit to the storyline of I'm doing it for the kids. I'm doing it for the kids. I'm not at home. I'm gone all the time for the kids. But are, are you really, and I asked myself this question, are you really doing it for the kids or are you doing it for you? Because if you were doing it for the kids, there would be some shifts that you would make, some adjustments that you would make. Because to your point, you know, this time goes by fast. And I saw something the other day that made me pause and it said, when you want your child's childhood to end, just give them a phone or social media. And that struck me hard because I see a lot of young kids on devices. And don't get me wrong, I get it. Parenting is tough. Our kids have iPads they use every now and then. So I'm not beating up on folks who give their kids devices. But, you know, um, we have an opportunity. And to your point, to raise these future adults and, and it does go by fast but i do want to challenge folks who say that they're doing it for the kids but what the kids really want they want mom they want dad they they want when they call you and they say hey you know they don't want to say they don't you know if this, if this is constantly and i've noticed this kim this has been between between me and my kids a lot think about that like our parents didn't have that really maybe our parents in a different era they had cigarettes <laughs> between us uh but we have this, if this is constantly between you and your kid and your communication, it has to stop. And I learned that it had, because it tells you that them, that this is more important than them. So I, I leave this somewhere else now when I'm at home. And my kid said, dad, you say, give me five minutes a lot. Like how long is five minutes? Because five minutes seems to last four years in this household. So uh, I'm not a parenting expert. I'm learning as I go. Uh, but well, and I also find that at least for me, I have started to parent myself uh, with my phone. And what I mean by that is, is I will actually I'm, I'm stretching for it right now. I will either put my phone on the very, very end of my desk, or I will actually I have a couch that's right behind this computer, I will actually go and put it on the couch. Because I have found that if it is within arm's reach, if I get to a boring part of a conference call, or I get to an email that I don't want to start digging into yet, I will reach for the phone and take a little five minute Instagram break or whatever it is. And I have found that actually physically moving the phone away from me allows me to do better, deeper work faster because I can't immediately escape to LinkedIn, to Instagram, to, you know, Wordle on the New York Times or whatever it is. And so I have actually found physically moving the phone away from myself has also been really helpful. Oh, it changes everything so much. And actually, I want to give a, a coaching assignment to everyone watching right now. 
uh, don't worry, I'm not going to invoice you for this. I'll give you this one for free. And that is, this is a challenging one. I know in some parts of the world, it may be a little bit colder than others. But my challenge for everyone here is today, if you can, if not today, tomorrow, I want you to go for a 30-minute walk outside without any technology. No phone, no notifications on your watch, no iPod, no podcast, no music in your ears, just you and the sound of your feet hitting the ground for 30 minutes. A lot of my clients say, why am I going to do that? That's just a waste of time, this and that. But I can tell you, those 30 minutes, those first eight minutes, if you don't regularly do something like this, are going to be challenging. You are going to struggle, but then you're going to find this opening for the remainder of that walk. And I want to warn some of you because you may be emotionally constipated to have a backlog of emotions that because you're always on technology, always doing something that you don't allow it to come out. So maybe you some tears will show up. Maybe some laughter will show up during that time. Maybe some anger will show up. Or maybe that problem you've been really stewing on trying to figure out a solution. Maybe now you'll finally have that opportunity to create that solution to that problem or that big idea may show up. It is so rare, Kim, that we find ourselves without technology engaging in something. So my Christmas gift, my Hanukkah gift, my Kwanzaa, my gift for every holiday, if I miss one, apologies, um, send me a DM, is I want to give you the gift of a 30-minute walk outside, preferably in nature, without any technology. I promise you it's going to be worth it. That is such a good homework assignment. We did get the question, if you don't like walking, can you cycle? Nope. <laughs> no. Uh, nope, because cycling requires uh, a certain level of engagement and activity. Okay. Uh, and again, it has you, to be walking. I, I like the walking if you can, uh, 100%. That is a really good takeaway and a really good homework assignment for us. Besides, I will give my homework assignment that I think everybody should sign up for Man Mornings, you know, selfless plug. But I'm curious if there are other newsletters or other podcasts that you really have gravitated towards. Maybe it's an, an old favorite or maybe it's something new in the last couple of months that you've stumbled across that you've really been enjoying. Yeah, well, from a podcast perspective, I really love, I listen to Smartless pretty much every single week Smartless. with, with and the, I listen to Smartless with Will Arnett and Sean uh, Hayes, I think his name is, and I forgot the other yeah. guy's name from Rest of Development because it allows me to turn my brain off and laugh a little bit. I think many of us probably watching this, we're always reading some type of personal development, self-help, business book, business literature. So I try to be intentional with some of the stuff I read and listen that's unrelated. So I love Smart List. I love the All In podcast with Jason Calacanis and folks. Uh, from a newsletter perspective, I love to read my friend Greg Eisenberg. He's a great follow here on LinkedIn. On LinkedIn, by the way, Greg Eisenberg's LinkedIn, excuse me, newsletter, where he talks about specifically about community and community building. And he has an amazing, interesting take on it. So that that's something I look forward to every single week. And those are the ones that I'm primarily listening to now. The All In Podcast, I like Smart Listen Newsletter. I like Greg Eisenberg's newsletter. Oh, I love it. This is such good follows for us to go and sign up for those ourselves and really kind of get that learning from 
other people. Cause I, I agree, you know, those five people that you spend time with, you can take care of the in-person ones, but also get some of those good digital ones around you as well. Cause that can be such, such a game changer. I think that that's, I think that that's huge when you, just because I know we're probably getting questions on it, but man morning, do you have some woo man, uh, woman takeaways as well that any of our audience members or community members that are female can feel like, okay, maybe I too can get some helpful tidbits or information from man morning. Yeah. So again, man morning, uh, first it's a newsletter, manmorning.com. It's the top newsletter for married growth driven fathers. Funny enough, Kim, a lot of our readers are women, uh, which I absolutely love. Uh, man morning is this whole notion of, of getting better, getting a little bit better every single day. And when we get together in person and there are chapters all across the country, here's what we do. It's amazing. We start with two questions and I invite you with someone you care about to do this with on, on a regular basis. And we ask question number one to the group, what are you celebrating? What are you celebrating? And the reason why we ask, what are you celebrating is because in the 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 midst of the hustle and bustle, we don't always document our wins. We don't document those things that went well this week. We don't talk. We don't document that thirty minutes that you got with your spouse during the day, mm. or that kind comment your kid said, or you were able to fix the toilet on your own by watching a YouTube video. Maybe I did that. Maybe I didn't. Um, so what are you celebrating? And we get to say these things out loud, and it feels good because we, typically we keep those things inside. But we follow that up with what are you navigating? And what a great question there. What are you navigating? Because we're all experiencing something personally, professionally, maybe health-wise. And I find that it's so healing to share both of those things. And in the new year, this may be the first announcement I've made of this. Uh, nothing is up just yet, but there's a rumor going around that there may be something called Goddess Morning coming in the new year, a, a newsletter specifically targeted towards, uh, for, for women that I'll oversee, but I won't be writing it. Uh, but goddess morning, uh, for that community. Ah, oh, I love it. All right. Something else for us to look forward to in 2024. Thank you so much for taking time today, Antonio, to just really re-inspire us, set us on the right path for 2024, and give us some awesome resources and newsletters and podcasts to follow into, and a really great homework assignment of taking time with nothing but ourselves and our thoughts on a 30-minute walk outside. I cannot wait to do that homework assignment later today. Where can people keep learning from you, reach out to you, ask more questions, and just keep consuming your goodness? All right. Good news. If you just Google the letter A, guess what? You're going to need to keep typing N-T-O-N-I-O -O for Antonio Neves. Uh, sorry, guys. I like to have fun every now and then. Uh, the headquarters for me is theantonioneves.com because there is someone in Brazil who owns antonioneves.com. And I'm waiting. I'm waiting for him to forget to renew it but theantonioneves.com. And for those of you who want uh, an amazing weekly newsletter targeted towards married, growth-driven fathers, but even if you're not that, you just want to get value, uh, manmorning.com is where you can sign up for that. Uh, 
I love it. I love you. This was so amazing. And thank you everyone for joining Antonio and I today. It was always good to be in your presence and get your smart insights and questions. This is our very last coffee session for 2023. So obviously Antonio and I are ending it with a bang. And I look forward to seeing you in 2024, but just know I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram. You can always reach out. We can message back and forth, but I look forward to gathering with you again live in 2024. Have a wonderful, beautiful, safe, happy, merry, full of cheer and brightness holiday season and new year. Antonia and I will see you soon. Bye everybody. Whew. That was some good stuff. Thanks for being a part of this week's Coffee with Kim. If podcasts are your thing, subscribe to the show and you'll see a new episode appear next week in your favorite listening app. If you want to be a part of the conversation, join us live on Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern over on LinkedIn. You can RSVP at getcoffeewithkim.com. I want you to have your questions answered because why should I get to have all the fun? And let's be honest, you know how to ask some hard-hitting questions. My guests and I cannot wait to meet you. See you soon.